appreciate that song, and if you want to know the title of the message this morning, is it, Will It Ever End? Will it ever end? To have the strength to press on, will it ever end? Appreciate the message of that song. Uh, I grew up in Montana, mostly, and worked on a ranch from the time I was in eighth grade through college and uh, into seminary. And uh, uh, these we always called swamp boots. I don't know what you call them. We call them swamp boots. And uh, if I went to work, or and when I finished one day of maybe irrigating, and then I used high waders when I did that, but if he, if Bob would say, okay, tomorrow, Dave, uh, bring your swamp boots. Oh, no. Yeah, because it mean, we raised uh, hundreds of hogs, and we had a, a lot of cattle, but it was the hogs that I had to bring my swamp boots for, because I would spend then uh, all day cleaning out stalls, uh, pens, uh, and I had to wear my swamp boots because it wasn't going to be pleasant. It was going to be yucky, and, uh, and I knew that. Now, it, it was okay for me since uh, later in life I kind of lost my sense of smell, but at the time I still had my sense of smell. But uh, when will it ever end, or will it ever end? The long, the short answer is no. The long answer is yes. And we're going to look at that in Psalm 40. So you can go ahead and turn there, and if you're helping your, your kids find that, turn to Psalm 40. Uh, I've received a number of phone calls in the last, mostly in the last three weeks, from people who have such a sense of isolation that it is really getting to them. And they say, I don't know how much longer I can take it. And some have broken into tears and said, Pastor, I'm not sure I even want to live. Uh, sometimes these have been coming from nursing home situations where they f uh, feel the isolation much greater than we do when we're able to get out and be around. But... Uh, uh, feeling isolated. Some say, I, I feel so stressed and nervous about I don't know what. And so uh, we were not created to be isolated. I want us to know that. And I know the, the context was when Adam, uh, when God saw Adam, that he didn't have a, uh, someone like him didn't have an Eve, and so God said, it is not good that man should be alone. It is not good that man should be isolated. And so we will experience feelings of isolation. Sometimes they are real, and sometimes they are not. Thinking of Memorial Day and realizing that a number of, of prisoners of war were placed in places of isolation, and some of them were able to Re, uh, remain sane because of scripture verses that they memorized and repeating those over and over again and claiming the promises of those verses where some had nothing and they lost their sanity. Maybe there are times, you know, to be isolated from men, that's serious, really. And I think we've sensed a little bit of that 
But to be isolated from God is even worse. And that's what Psalm 40 is about. When every now and then I reach a point where I say, God, where are you? Uh, I am talking and, and, and I'm praying, I'm talking to you, and I don't, I don't sense your presence. Where have you gone? And I, I go through some periods like that, and some of the things that I've done that do help and have encouraged me the next time I get in that situation to do it again, but uh, is I take my devotions more seriously. I lengthen my prayer time. I might fast. I might write a thank you Jesus list of all the things that he's given me and promised me. And uh, sometimes I will call some prayer warriors and just say, pray for me. I'm going through a, a low time, a dark time. Uh, often, though, I reread uh, Intimacy with the Almighty by Charles Swindoll. Just a little book. I've got it so highlighted, notes in the margins and everything, because every time I read through it, I notice something different. And it kind of brings me through that dark time. But uh, maybe your spiritual life seems pretty dry, seems pretty dark, seems pretty quiet, and you have doubts. Been discussing that with some runners as we go, having doubts. And you say, Lord, do you hear me? Do you know me? Uh, are you here with me? Am I yours? A very serious question. And that's where we need Psalm 40. Psalm 40, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it uh, quick, try to read it quickly because of the time, but we'll go back and look at some of these verses. Uh, Psalm 40. We're going to see a man who is in the pits or in a dark time or in the fog, whatever you might think. Here, uh, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my going. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward, and they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy laws within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not thou t thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me, for innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head, therefore my heart faileth me. O oh, please, O Lord, be, be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. 
Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for a reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha, aha, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Let's pray. Father, as we look at these verses, help us to grab a hold of some truth that will help us through our next pit. Please, Lord. We thank you for those that write about pits that we will encounter. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I was uh, in kind of a pit at, at one time and, and uh, ran across a devotional by a young, by, uh, na- uh, young man, he's just a, a kid practically, Scott Hubbard, and he wrote a devotional on Psalm 40, and although he would not recognize my message today, it, it is the uh, kind of the foundation of, of where I began to meditate and think upon Psalm 40. And... In Psalm 40, I want us to take four reminders and cling to these reminders. They're not new, but they are things that I forget, and maybe you forget. When you get in a pit, you get in a bog, and then they're simple. But I want us to remember these three things, or four things and take them seriously. The first thing is that pits are normal. Pits are normal. Secondly, God is near. Third, joy is coming. And fourth, hope in the Lord. Uh, they're, they're simple. We hear those all of the time. But David puts them in a way that it, it, it cements them in my mind, and I hope in your mind as well. Uh, times in the pits, they're, they're normal. Pits are just normal. Pits happen. It does. And this whole experience of the COVID virus might be a one big long pit for you as it is for many. So I want us to notice, uh, even uh, John Bunyan in in, uh, Pilgrim's Progress wrote about the slew of despond. It's kind of Kind of like this, you know, just slogging along, you're up to your waist in, in muck and mire, and, and when will it end? Just doesn't seem it will end. Well, pits are normal. We should expect that. Well, how long do they last? We don't know, but we, know, we don't know how long David's pit lasted, but we do know that it tried his patience. I waited patiently. Now, I... I don't know if this word patiently is actually conveying the word patiently. There, you know, with your hands folded and, okay, Lord, I'm just going to wait for this to end. I don't, I, I don't read that in this psalm. Uh, I, I could maybe say I, I waited impatiently for the Lord. It's more what it sounds like. What it is really getting across here is that it is trying my patience. This pit is causing me stress. When will it end? The length of it. 
It's, it probably will not be an afternoon. It probably won't be a day for David. He had to wait and wait and wait. What about the frequency of the pits? How long do you get between pits? And oh, please, Lord, give me a long time. And sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. I want you to notice a repetition of David's pit here. He's in the bog in verse 2. A horrible pit. Miry clay is there. And then he's freed from the bog in verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. Praise to my God. Uh, this is great being out of the pit and clear until verse, uh, verse 10. He's freed from the pit. Verse 11, he's back in the pit. Withhold not thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness be thy truth continually. Preserve me, for innumerable evils have compassed me about. I'm back in the muck. I'm back in the mire. Uh, the frequency, you know, when will it end? No, expect them to be. Bogs are normal. And the repetition might be often. When he slips back in, he, at verse 12, I'm almost overwhelmed uh, for good. You think, I, I'm almost done here, he says. And uh, the effects or the stink of the pit continues on. At verse 17, uh, he, he says, but I am poor and needy. I still smell of the pig pen, or I still smell of the mire uh, that I am stuck in, in the pit here. So there's happiness, and then there's sorrow, and then there's happiness, and then there's sorrow again. Expect it. It's normal. Why? Because we're not in heaven yet. A continuous joy and happiness will not happen yet. All joy is not ours yet. You know, our emotions and our minds have not been made new yet. So will it ever end? No. The long answer is yes, as we see our hope is in the Lord. Our joy in this body will be mixed with the pits until we leave this body. Uh, darkness is normal. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers, oh, greatest preacher of his day, uh, he had bouts of depression, or he spent time in the pits, sometimes as long as six months. Can you imagine that? You know, great man of God, but it was normal. He found himself there. It was interesting to, to read about Ravi Zacharias. You know, he, he passed away this week, and young, I think, is either... I think it was 70, he was 74 years old, and uh, how he got saved. He said, I had a casual acquaintance uh, with God and with Christ, uh, but that's all it was. Until in his teenage years, he was in the hospital recovering from a, an attempted suicide attempt, um, attempted suicide, trying to poison himself, a, a Youth for Christ kid, a student, came in brought him a Bible, opened it to John 14, and left it there on the table. I don't know if uh, Robbie was just sleeping or he is unconscious, but uh, when he woke up, he began reading there at John chapter 14. And he said, if, if you're God, if you're the God you say you are, I need you. I need you. And he trusted Christ then from a pit 
He came out of that pit. Pits are normal, and they are often, um, they're shared by David, they're shared by the prophets, they're shared by the, uh, the uh, uh, disciples, the apostles. Uh, the pits are shared by saints uh, from the past and saints in, the few, in, in today and everyday life. They're shared by us. Pits are normal. C.S. Lewis wrote in regards to this. He said, we are not on an untrodden path, rather on the main road. On the main road. Uh, we had a marsh uh, at the end of one of our pastures, and it was mostly just swamp. Uh, but in the swamp, there are all these mounds, and if you've been hunting you and out in the marsh and stuff, you realize all these little mounds are out there. And so if you're careful, you can hop from mound to mound at least for a while. Uh, and then you, you slip in. We used to go there with uh, my cousins, and we'd run around out there, and we would uh, we'd have our, our, our shoes on, and we weren't supposed to get wet. We'd get out there, and we'd play tag and hop from mound to mound. But mostly, the, there was not a lot of mound to hop to. And so by the time we were done, we were mud up to our knees and having a great time until we got home. Uh, it was... Uh, but that's the way these pits are. There's more pit, often. It is the main road. Pits are there in the main road. Uh, pits are normal. God is near, secondly. God is near. Even when we think that he has deserted us. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've thought, God, you deserted me. You've left me all alone. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Uh, God is near playing there in South Dakota uh, with our cousins uh, in our cousin's place. They had a pole, a light pole in the middle of the, the yard. The yard light was there, and underneath that yard light was a rock, and we'd play hide-and-seek all the time. And we'd have a dozen of us kids uh, about the same age running around playing hide-and-seek, and the seeker would put his head, uh, hand on the light pole and put his head there and begin to count. And he'd count out loud so that we all knew when he was going to start looking for us. And I remember this one particular time that uh, there are granaries and barns and haystacks and, and wood piles and uh, all kinds of things to hide in. And, and so I remember that one time uh, I decided I'm going to hide under the granary. And so I got on my hands and knees and I put my feet under there and I kind of scooting backwards. I scooted backwards underneath there, forgetting that that's, skunks love to hide under granaries. And no skunk this time. I, I crawled underneath there, and I could lay there, and I could still see the kid that was counting. And I was laying there in the dark. And uh, before the kid finished counting, one of my cousins decided the granary is a great place to hide. And he didn't know I was underneath there. And so he got on his knees, and he put his feet underneath. He began to scoot backwards. I wanted to let him know that I was there, so I reached out my hand in the dark. I, uh, I grabbed his ankle, and he wasn't there anymore. Uh, but I was there, even though he didn't know it. God is near, it says here. David balances out the darkness with God. 
he gives us hope. Verse 5, many, O Lord my God, are they wonderful works which thou hast done. Oh, Lord, you've treated me faithfully. I'm, I'm in this pit. You brought me out of the pit. You've uh, you blessed me. So he balances it out. I think that when the times we get in the pits, we need to start our thank you, Jesus lists. Yeah, God is near. Look how he's blessed or look what he's done in my life. He is near. Uh, the prayers which we think are hitting the ceiling. Look at verse 1. I waited patiently, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Those prayers that are bouncing off the ceiling, God is catching. He is hearing those prayers and, uh, and answering those prayers in his time. At verse 11, even when David slipped back into the pit again, God was there. And David recognized his steadfast love and faithfulness. When my heart failed in verse 12, he said, The Lord thinks about me because he is near. If God is near, then why the pit? Ah, sometimes we just mess around and we fall into the pit ourselves. The pit didn't draw us when we were playing in the horse pasture. We found the pits. That was going to be um, something that we would enjoy. So sometimes we find ourselves in the pits because of our, our own carelessness. Mom used to say, and maybe yours did too, it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. And mom always said, gets her eye put out. Uh, we had BB guns, but... Uh, and so it was possible, but it's all fun and games until you fall in the pit. And then sometimes that's what we need, just a pit to, to uh, keep us, uh, to remind us that this isn't a place we want to be. You know, there are deceivers. Verse 5 says, uh, um, don't turn aside to lies because there are all kinds of lies out there that say, hey, this pit is going to be fun. Whether it's alcohol or drugs or, or pornography or, or, or whatever it is, they have a, an attraction. But they're just a pit. It's a lot worse than it looks and lasts a lot longer than you wish it would. So sometimes you fall in the pit on your own accord. Sometimes we fall in, we fall in a pit or we sit in the darkness because God has a plan for that pit, to use it to, and darkness, to use it to develop us. Uh, Mr. Whited, our music teacher here at LRCS for years and years, he also taught photography, and he had a dark room right up on the other side of the fellowship hall, and upstairs, and he had this room all set up, and it was dark, and he had some, uh, like a purple light that would kind of shine, and maybe cast some shadows, and, but he would develop pictures. And the timer would go off, and he would pull the pictures up. You know, this is the olden days, you know, and uh, nobody remembers this anymore, but they'd clip them up on the, on the line, and they would begin to develop in the dark. That's what happens often in our pits. We begin to develop the way God intended us to develop. So not every pit is a judgment upon us. Often it is a training time for us. So uh, 
And, and David's darkness was barely twilight in comparison to what Christ went through, the pit that he had to, to manage. Oh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And uh, think of the stench that Jesus smelled while he was upon this earth going through that pit. Uh, I mentioned that I, I lost my sense of smell uh, by, because I welded for a number of years. And so it doesn't bother me. I can walk through muck and stink, uh, and it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, Cindy, on the other hand, has a very acute sense of smell. And I've mentioned that we're going to have that fixed one of these days. So, you know, get that seared or something. Uh, but can you imagine somebody that is holy, righteous, walking through the stench of a crucifixion and of a rejection and all of the sin of the world being placed upon him to, to the point where, you know, for somebody that is like me, a, a sinner, can, can walk through that and it, and it doesn't smell, ah, oh, it's not so bad. It doesn't stink that bad. But for Jesus Christ, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The isolation, the pit that he was going through at that time. Um, joy is coming, though. Even, he says here, verse 17, you're thinking of me. Even though I am poor and needy, Lord, you think about me. Wow. Uh, we, as believers, will never be forsaken, never be alone, never be forgotten. And uh, Scott Hubbard, he wrote this in that devotional. He said, resist judging God's closeness to you by the brightness of your sky. Resist judging God's closeness to you by the brightness of your sky. He says, when it looks dark, when you're in the pit, don't let that determine the closeness of God in your life. He is there. God is near. Joy is coming. Now, believer, a believer's life uh, never ends in a pit. You know that? Never. A believer's life will never end in a pit. Now, your last breath on this earth might be in the bottom of a pit, but that's not your last breath. <laughs> that's really, uh, that will become your best breath as you enter into eternity. A believer's life never ends. Joy is coming. Uh, the train uh, Cindy and I went to Pumferrada to visit Seth and Crystal, and we rode from uh, Pumferrada down to Madrid. And uh, Pumferrada is in a valley in the mountains in northern Spain. And so uh, going to Madrid, we would go into these tunnels, a lot of tunnels. And so it would be bright, and then it would be dark. And then it would be bright, then it would be dark. Then it would be bright, then it would be dark. We always knew that before we got to Madrid, it would be light. When we got there, it would be light, even through our dark times. And so uh, David knew that his joy would be restored, even when he slips 
into darkness. I, the, these, the verses 2, he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, into the light. He set my feet on a rock, established my going, put a new song in my mouth so that I can praise God. And many will see it in fear and trust God. And so uh, remember, verse 16, it says, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. See, joy is going to come. Joy is deeper than our dark times. We will be glad again. We will rejoice again. We will hope again. We will sing again. We will laugh again. Now, some that I've talked to said, I, you know, my joy is gone. We will tell everyone around us, verse 16, the Lord be magnified. Great is the Lord. What a great praise. We know the joy is coming. Fullness of joy is coming. Exceeding joy is coming. Everlasting joy is coming. The last thing. So, hope in him. Now, uh, a sobering thought is not all those that are in the pit or struggling in the darkness will come to the light or be pulled from the pit. Um, I think there are believers that spend a lot more time in the pit than they need to. What well, There's a requirement here for getting out of the pit. If you're in a pit, here's, here's the requirement. Verse 16, let all those that seek thee rejoice. You've got to seek the Lord. All those that seek thee. Then the pit will be taken away or dried up or you will be pulled from it as David was. Hope in God. Await for God even if it seems like you're waiting a long time. Even though you're still in the pit tomorrow or still in the pit next month, wait for God. Cling to his promises even when you feel that you're alone because you are not. He is near. Keep crying out to him. Keep seeking his face. Don't go astray to follow the lie in verse 5 there. Someday in glory... There will be no more pits, no more darkness, no more night. We'll live in the presence and light of Jesus Christ for the rest of eternity. So as uh, verse 17 ends, make no tarrying, O my God. Don't wait. It's ending like uh, Revelation, isn't it? Even so, Lord, come quickly. Come quickly. I hope that's your prayer every day. Lord, come quickly. I'm ready to go. So uh, pull on your boots because uh, there are pits ahead. But remember, someday you'll take them off and never put them on again. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you might help encourage those that are struggling you know the ones that are feeling extra pressure, extra isolation, and they are wondering, will this ever end? Help them to see that you are near, joy is coming, and to keep hoping in you. Might that be our goal as well, that we, we will rejoice and say, God is so good, so that others will see it, and we'll come to know you. 
I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For those that desire to come and join us next, next Sunday, we are going to be open, and uh, we fellowship together. Thank you. Have a good week. Do say, stay safe, please. Goodbye.